it's been it's been a crazy week. And just to kind of illustrate how crazy mm-hmm. that week is, well, maybe it wasn't this week or it was late last week or something, but we never talked about it, I don't think. Okay. So the UN tweeted something talking about, hey, guys, even during times of war, there are still rules that we all need to follow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are some things you can't do even when at war. Sounds like a take we'd give, a cold take. That's what I'm thinking. Sub-zero take. And Israel took personal offense to that. Mm. Quote tweeted it and said, well, Israel has the right to defend itself. One, why did they feel the need to do that? All they're saying is like, hey, follow the rules, guys. Hey, guys, it's not even, they didn't even call you out. They didn't say Mm -hmm. anything. All they did was, hey. Self-report. It was the lightest nudge that I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, hey, whoa, 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 just remember that. There are some things that we kind of agree on as the international community that you shouldn't be able to do that you Killing shouldn't Killing civilians do. is like the one thing. And they said, whoa, now, this I'm going to take that personally. We have a yeah. right to defend ourselves, and in defending ourselves, we can do whatever the fuck we want. It's, it's crazy that I've seen Israel and the IDF like on social media engaging in the culture war. Yeah. Like states. These are like state actors, or the state itself of Israel this engaging is in the government. culture war. It's crazy to see them like, People will say, you know, we shouldn't be carpet bombing Gaza or we shouldn't cut off electricity to Gazan citizens just to get Hamas. And then in response, the actual IDF Twitter account <laughs> will say, why are you pro Hamas? Yeah. If you're not with me, you're a terrorism. Like, <laughs> like, they're that, actively what? doing the fucking Twitter thing where it's like someone says, oh, I like pancakes. And I'm like, oh, so you fucking hate waffles then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really, wow, you despise waffles. It's so crazy. Like, and what are we doing? I feel like that, like their engagement with the culture war personally peaked for for me, mm-hmm. when I saw this tweet that they posted, I oh, gotta, no. I gotta pull it up and put it on the screen for all of you. This shit was on the official Israel account, mind you. Mm-hmm. They who must be named Hamas equals ISIS, and then it's a fucking picture <laughs> of Voldemort from Harry Potter holding a phone and looking disgusted at what he sees on the phone that says Hamas redefines evil. Watch the evidence, HamasMassacre.com. And I'm going to assume the implication here is that Hamas is so evil that Voldemort, the Dark Lord, (laughs) was appalled at what they've done. Brother, Harry Potter posting on the government account is crazy. Man, that is that is just like when Israel was like, it was like October 8th, the day after the attack. Yeah. They announced a collab with BetterHelp. Like, <laughs> like the next day. It's the same shit. It's so wild. I've never seen a state engage with like consumerism to this like degree. They're doing shit we should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing- I mean, it's, it's not surprising to see them as fans of JKR, you know, like similar camps, exactly. you know what I'm saying? And that's funny because it's like, this is an instance where it's like, I'd imagine any other author would be like, yo, don't like bastardize my creation like that. Mm-hmm. But she's probably out here like, yeah, hell, hell yeah, dude. Absolutely. You know, the way Fuck I wrote yeah. Voldemort, he would absolutely be siding <laughs> with You said, Israel. you know what, do more. I'm going to call him a uh, Voldemort al-hadid actually in the next <laughs> one i feel like if i knew more about harry potter i could probably make a, a poignant critique of how like they don't actually know yeah. what the motivations of the characters were but like at base uh not surprising to see them side with jkr i'm saying and it's like i don't know to kind of like position yourself akin to Voldemort and thinking that this shit is evil is crazy <laughs> that, that shit is also wild. what about like all the anti-semitic tropes in harry potter oh what about all the anti every fucking group tropes <laughs> well, yeah. Harry Potter. What is it? The one Asian character's name is Ching Chong or Ching Chang or some shit like that. I don't know the specifics. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but um, I I know that their depiction of like goblins is just blatantly anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah. It's like I thought we were angry about anti-Semitism here. (laughs) 
<laughs> but instead, they're just doing these like vague cultural appeals to people, uh, specifically in the United States, where they're, you know, roping in things that they know Americans like, like Harry Potter. And it's like, that's crazy because it's like, all you need to do is convince Joe and you already got him. Mm-hmm. Like, you really don't need to do it. They're doing it for the love of the game. Well, and this is like, um, a little bit of a spoiler for what we're going to talk about today in terms of like the new war crimes that are mm-hmm. happening. But one thing that happened this week was that Israel took out the telecoms company for Gaza. So they just lost access to communications yeah. and they just, they, they didn't have access to what they needed, like for the internet and stuff like that. And then the IDF, some spokesperson for the IDF, I think, or a general, something like that released a video in English telling people that, um, that like telling people it, Supposedly, it was a video to Hamas okay. telling them that they need to like return the hostages and back down and then we'll stop bombing Gaza, that kind of thing. And it's like, okay, you're releasing a video. Supposedly, it's for people in Gaza, but they don't have communications technology right now. And you're speaking in English. You're just appealing to a Western audience. Mm-hmm. And your point is to try to build support among the West, which... I don't know. I've seen some polls that indicate support for Palestinians is going up. Some polls that indicate that support for Israel is still very strong. I don't really know where Americans are at or other people in the West are at. But I feel like this indicates to me that Israel is a little bit worried of not necessarily the governments of the West abandoning them, but the people, the populations of the West thinking like, yeah, Israel is just fucking insane right now. Yeah. Because uh, why else do you make a video like that? I don't know. And it's like when the when the first attack happened, like when Hamas attacked on October 7th, a couple of days later, they were releasing statements just like in English. Yeah. W- who is that for? Yeah. That's yeah, not exactly. for your citizens. That's for us. Yeah. I don't know. That's um, Israel's culture war game. I wouldn't say it's strong, but it's it's definitely nothing I've ever seen before. It's and I've been alive for a couple of conflicts. You know, I'm saying yeah, it's a level of cringe that I didn't think that government organizations were ready to get on. Yeah, you know, I like, mean, you you could argue that Zelensky and some of the like the media appearances he's done is a little cringe just because he's like always in those army fatigues. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah, like you could argue he's doing a sort of appeal to the West, and he certainly is. But Ukraine wasn't on there, like, blasting memes like Israel is. No. Like, what? It's like they're trying to win an election among Gen Z or something. It's fucking wild. Like, they're doing the Jeff Jackson type shit, but worse. Zelensky never Harry Potter posted, and I think that's the line that (laughs) I don't think you can cross as an official state. That should be a war crime on its own. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Oh, man, that's crazy. Gotta love that. Welcome back to Head in the Office. We have an exciting announcement. Yes. The news is a little bit different this week. That's right. We oh, Don't worry. We still have the same two stories we've been talking about for, <laughs> the, last, new. for the last month. However, they are a little bit different. Well, the Israel one's more of the same. Yes. But the speaker one, very different. Very different. Lots actual updates with that one. And mm-hmm. we have two new stories. to talk. Well, one new story to talk about. One update on last week, kind of. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say October's been mostly the same. But for a lot of people, they'll listen to this in November because this will come out on November 1st. But That's true. Um, the last four weeks, very similar pieces of news. And look, it's not our fault. We don't create the news. We just follow it yeah, and what, report on it. What can I say? What can, what can we say? We're, we're commentators. We, we gather all the data. 
and we make a conc- we make conclusive statements. In Rock a way, solid. we are reactionary. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> That's what that means. Exactly. Before we get into the show, though, if you want to help support what we do here, the news we deliver to you all, and um, our existence as human beings, mm-hmm. you can head over to patreon.com slash in the office pod. Become a patron. Get early access to our content. You could also go and buy some merch. I'm wearing some right now. That's right. I'm also wearing some right right under this little, this little crew we I got on. Exactly. The Rudy Giuliani shirts. Hell appropriate yeah. for the news we'll talk about a little bit later in this episode. But if you want a Rudy Giuliani shirt or a Trump shirt or the Mugshot Era shirt or, or something from our previous collection. The regular hit merch. Yeah. Go and check it out. Headintheoffice.com. It's in the description for you. Also, if you're not from YouTube or TikTok, etc., go follow us on social media. Got to. Come on. We, we post, we post stuff. funny stuff some there. Like, we post funny stuff sometimes. Funny stuff and like unpredictably controversial stuff. Just fucking <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> we'll post the simplest take. No good Nazis. No ethnostates. People get mad. I don't get it. It really is those two. Yeah. It really is those two where we got like a lot genuinely people in the comments like, whoa, now, whoa, <laughs> yeah. now. We'll get into it. Don't worry. Uh, but the other way you can support the show is leave a five star review on Apple. I think we got just one today. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disappointing. Very disappointing. I can't believe you guys. If you guys were really committed to making sure Head in the Office got to the moon, mm-hmm. uh, you'd be in the reviews. You'd be making separate Apple accounts. That's you'd be in there. Be great. Be great. Fuck brigading that exactly, shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This review is from It's Just Kaler, uh, the best leftist podcast out there. They say, I'm someone who never listens to podcasts and has never had much of an interest in politics. But when these fine gentlemen popped up on my TikTok for you page, I was instantly hooked. Jeremy and Gage are extremely insightful and entertaining. Once I started listening, I couldn't get enough. I hope to subscribe to their Patreon when I can afford it. But for now, I wanted to show my support and bought some merch. I definitely recommend listening and checking out their social medias. Model review right there. Yet again, mm-hmm. week after week, we're coming through. I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. It warms my heart to see that. It does. Yeah, it warms my heart as well. Today, we're going to talk again, of course, about the speaker, as we've been talking about. We got some updates on the um, the Trump legal troubles, but also just like everybody else involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we got some UAW updates a little bit later on. But first... Oh, yeah. As we have been the past few weeks, we got to start off talking about Israel and Palestine. We've got a little bit of an update, uh, but it's um, more of the same. Yeah. Kind of the same exact news, uh, but we do have some some fun information, I guess, we can talk about. <laughs> yeah. I, I was able to dig out a couple of fun things. We've got Israel, some variety. Israel's doing more bad things. Yes, yes. So for the last several weeks, everyone has been on the edge of their seat awaiting the Israeli ground invasion into Gaza that has been kind of hinted at by the IDF for quite a while now. It hasn't happened just yet. At the time of recording this, Sunday, October 29th, invasion seems imminent. I think they Mm -hmm. may have even broke down some of the fences, and they might have troops inside by this point. Oh, really? Wow. That's But I don't know know that, like, official operations have begun in the sense that they're, like, raiding homes and, you know, inevitably shooting innocent Palestinians. Mm -hmm. Um, But that seems like it's going to happen pretty soon. I think the the IDF has held off so long for a couple of reasons. This is all speculation. I have no concrete evidence on this, but my guess would be one, they've been waiting for U.S. aircraft carriers and other warships to be in proximity to deter attacks from Lebanon or Iran. Uh, As we talked about last week, not sure if this will actually work, but I do think having United States um, military, Navy people nearby would hopefully help Make it so this doesn't become a broader conflict, but who knows? Yeah. I could be wrong, and maybe this will just rope us into World War Three. I don't know. They could genuinely also be waiting for more aid from the U.S. now yeah. that we have a speaker and that Congress can <laughs> yeah. actually pass aid. We can condemn Hamas. We can, we can one, we can officially <laughs> condemn Hamas another week. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know if the U.S. House was going to condemn Hamas, but I know now. Uh, thank God like, they, they did. Could, What if they would have supported Hamas? <laughs> 
<laughs> that would have been crazy. What if they wouldn't have given Israel money? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys. Uh, my other piece of speculation for why this ground invasion is taking so long is because, and this is like a documented thing, IDF troops are, um, <laughs> despite all the funding they get from the United States and other Western sources, they're kind of fucking dumb. And Real. very bloodthirsty. There's lots of um, accounts of friendly fire. They are not nearly as disciplined as U.S. military people are. There's a lot. So. There are accounts of them like what killing kids for throwing rocks at them. Yep, like yep, near the yep, fence. That has happened. They've the, killed each other by accident. They've killed each other by accident. There are snipers that have shot like what is it medics or journalists and kids. Yeah. yeah. Like well, and um, I think the the concern might be. That if you have U.S. military people nearby or even going in for, like, um, paramedic support. <laughs> They're going to accidentally. That a U.S. Someone from U.S. personnel, a U.S. citizen could get shot and killed, and that would be um, wild. That'd be so wild to mm -hmm. watch Congress see that and then condemn Hamas. Exactly, yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're trying to get rid of Hamas. <laughs> Casualties happen. Come on, fog of war. It'll be just like Trump with Jamal Khashoggi. Like, yeah, yeah business is business. <laughs> like, it's so much for America first, right? And my last piece of speculation is that... Um, I don't think that there has been or will be much direction behind an invasion. Similar like, to the bombardment campaigns, uh, there's not really a point to them, right? Like, what do you do? Go yeah. into every hospital because Hamas is in every hospital and every so-called piece of infrastructure in every home and literally yeah. everywhere? Well, and it's not like Hamas is like an organized military, right? Yeah. I don't think that they have uniforms. They don't have identifiable pieces of clothing or like symbols on them. No. They're probably just dudes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to go in there and discern who is who. And that's why I think that's not really the point. They just want to cause more damage to Palestinians, right? Yeah. There's not really a direction here. Same with the bombing campaigns. They're hitting hospitals and ambulances and residential areas, kicking people out of their homes. The point isn't direction. It's to cause as much harm to them as you can. Because what what goals would they have for actively invading the Gaza Strip? Like, yeah. do they, they're the goal, the only stated goal. They already goal, control it. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that part. The only stated goal that they've got on is to root out Hamas. What does that look like when Hamas isn't a standing army? Like you said, they don't have uniforms and they're just guys. Yeah. Yeah. They're just well, it looks like they're going to go in and kill any guy that's or the, yeah they could, they could do the um anyone over 15 any male over 15 is an enemy combatant thing yeah. that the united states did it's possible that that happens as well which would be um more war crimes more death of innocent civilians which wouldn't be great i would expect this to ramp up before this episode comes out so by wednesday if you're not a patron listener first of all what are you doing <laughs> second of all uh i would expect that things have Maybe drastically changed by the time this episode airs. So keep in mind that the invasion might have began. There might be even bigger news that came out, probably on a Tuesday, uh -huh. as it always happens. But um, keep an eye out for that if you're a late listener. If we want to talk war crimes, though, we do have some updates for those. Okay. So, so far, more than 7,000 Palestinians have been confirmed to be killed as the IDF bombardment continues. Again, this is solely just bombs being dropped. That's like... That's like 5,000 in the last two weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. We doubled since last episode almost. That's nuts. Increased by like two thirds since last episode. <laughs> yeah. Fucking yeah. insane. Uh, late last week, Israel, as I talked about in the cold open, knocked out Gaza's communications by hitting some key infrastructure. Paltel, which is the Palestinian telecom provider, said the bombardment knocked out the internet completely, causing communications blackouts, which is, um, again, like you, you only do this. Like, who is Hamas communicating with, right? Yeah. Maybe some people that are sympathetic to them in Iran or maybe Lebanon. But again, these are countries that don't have 
they do not have the military capability even close to what Israel has. No. You know what I mean? No, they so, don't have the full faith and backing of the most powerful of the military exactly. in the world. Yeah, yeah. Israel is, of course, much smaller than a country like Iran. But yeah, the United States comes in and, and supports Israel. The entire West will support Israel no matter yeah. what. So it's not as though uh, communications getting out is some major crisis. And of course, this just hurts Palestinian people even more I, I, as they try I, to find a way out themselves. I, I just don't understand because another thing is like you cut off telecommunication. There's no telegram. There's no WhatsApp. There's no nothing. No internet mm-hmm. going on in yeah, there. Yeah, can't do anything. Nobody can document what's happening. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other and piece of And as they prepare for a ground invasion, nobody can – like I, I've seen TikToks of people in Palestine. I've seen videos of them posting like, wow, there are bombs going off mm-hmm. like next to me, all around me. And it's the only window that we've really had inside of Gaza to see what's happening and the extent of Israel's brutality. And now that's kind of just shut off. Yeah, that is the other piece of – I don't even know if you could call it speculation. That seems like a pretty – downstream effect that they're yeah. trying to um that they're trying to accomplish here cut off the ability for palestinian authorities or outside reporters to document what's going on mm-hmm. and to share it with the world as it's going on i think that's a it's a pretty one-to-one comparison i don't see any other reason why you'd knock out communications i think the pretext they offered is probably like we don't want hamas communicating with well, people on 100%. the outside they can do literally whatever they want to yeah. just say we don't want hamas drinking water so yeah, exactly i but yeah i think a, a good argument is, i think it's a good argument to say that they probably just don't want what they're doing documented any further especially right before a ground invasion yes boots on the, the ground killing 40 percent of of gaza less than 15 Mm -hmm. 15 and under and they're bringing boots on the ground and now no one can communicate what's happening i don't know it sounds bad to me yeah also like active war zone right gaza is just being constantly bombarded gazans uh a lot of them aren't pro hamas and they probably have an experience with hamas that isn't very good right yeah hamas dudes with guns they kill palestinians as well if you see armed military men walking in with guns being very aggressive, I'm freaking out. I'm, you know saying. What I'm saying. Especially as you're already getting bombed. You already haven't had a very good time. You're the last on few edge. Weeks. You're starved. Um, people aren't going to act rationally. You can't expect them to act mm-hmm. rationally in this situation. It's going to be a, a bloodbath. It's going to be very bad. Um, it's so. fucking insane. And that, that, just circling back to that 7,000 dead figure, that's an absolutely Staggering, insane number yeah. that importantly has been verified by very like human rights watch yes, other people yes. have been verified because the palestinian health authority has come through and given like government identification numbers with all the names of the dead people and i only say this to say in context of everything we're talking about joe biden came out wednesday night and just said it's bullshit he said the number is bullshit you didn't see that no joe biden That's said nuts. joe biden said well this was before the seven thousand number came out okay He said it was Wednesday night. That number came out Thursday. Quote, I have no notion that the Palestinians are telling the truth about how many people are killed. What the fuck? Bro, come on. I, I know. I know. And I feel like oh. that that kind of just goes cuts straight through the argument that, oh, no, no, no. Biden is actually working on the inside yeah. to get Netanyahu to do the right thing here. And he just can't publicly condemn them because now he is just directly feeding into the notion that actually Israel's not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Well, can we really believe the people in Gaza? Like, can we really believe those numbers if they're the ones reporting it? Yes, we can. Oh, my God. And the number is probably higher because so many Palestinians are just straight up stateless. Yeah. They, they don't get identification cards. They don't get social security numbers like we do when we're born. They are stateless people. And it's a lot harder to count them if you have no evidence of their existence prior to their death. So I guarantee you the number of, the, of people that have died is larger than what's being reported. And on top of that, it's like 
Gaza is, if not the, it is one of the most densely populated places on the planet. Yeah. Of course, constant bombardment runs, what, more than 10,000 bombs have been dropped at this point? Of course, that's killing thousands of people, Joe. And- what are we talking about? <laughs> If it's not the bombs, then it's the fact that they've lost access to critical infrastructure. They've lost access to water and food, et cetera. Like, of course people are yeah, dying. Well, Israel didn't kill them. They just starved. Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, they're just dehydrated. Israel didn't kill them. The fucking explosion did. Yeah. The, the rubble falling on them <laughs> killed Israel them. didn't kill them. Fatigue did. Yeah. <laughs> From traveling 10 miles without food or water oh, or fuel on, or anything like that. What so are we doing? That's, that's absolutely nuts. And I also want to say that the UN also comes forth and corroborates data that the Palestinian Health Ministry puts out there. Mm-hmm. So it's really only us that are coming out and saying, nah, those numbers, that's cap. Mm-hmm. That's cap. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, man. Come on. It's just like the beheaded babies thing where he just straight up lied and said, I saw the beheaded I babies. I saw it no, and then didn't. released a statement and said, I did not see that shit. <laughs> no, you did Like, it's just, yeah. I, like you said, it's it's hard to believe at this point that he's working behind the scenes to, like, make things better when yeah. he's actively, ru- he didn't have to say that. No. Actively running defense for, for Bibi Netanyahu at and this it's point. Like, why? Yeah. Why come out and say that? Why come out and cast doubt on these figures? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. That, no, that goes beyond what right wingers have done. Yeah, right wingers have fully accepted. Like, yeah, thousands of people are dying. Right wingers have said good. Like, yes. more. <laughs> like you don't have. Like he is going beyond what people like Ben Shapiro are doing, and he's actively saying like, no, they're not committing war crimes. Yeah. He's just denying it. He, he didn't even do the thing where it's like, well, everyone in Gaza supports Hamas, so they're yeah. all basically a part of Hamas. You know, they were so elected. You, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> he just said nah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. You know, I saw um, Piers Morgan. I, I saw they lost Piers Morgan. Oh. Piers Morgan was like, obviously, he's he's been pro-Israel. I've, I've watched a couple of the debates he's had recently because um, they've had some some high-profile people on the there. The one with the Egyptian guy was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw a tweet from Piers, I think, yesterday where he was like, obviously, in support of Israel and uh, condemn Hamas, <laughs> but like, where are all these Gazans going to go? Like, Israel's destroying their homes. What's the plan for them? I don't know, dog. When you lose Piers Morgan, <laughs> I think you lost the plot. Like, when you lose Pierce Morgan, yeah, no. He when, calls himself a liberal, but he's clearly not, when right? When Pierce Morgan's starting to cast doubt on you, I think that's when you need to take a good hard look in the mirror yeah. and realize maybe we should take a step back. I know TYT, the Young Turks, have had some problems recently, but Chank went on there, like the, the main dude of TYT, yeah. and Pierce barely talked. It's just him yelling the whole time about how like Israel's doing war crimes. That's and then sick. at the end, Pierce is like, thanks for coming on. <laughs> And that's it. Like Pierce said basically nothing for like 40 minutes. When you <laughs> he lose said, Pierce, I condemn Hamas. And then he just let Shank talk over him. <laughs> when Piers Morgan is, yeah. When you lose Piers Morgan as a, as a conservative in the conservative project, that's Israel. Then, um, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know why Pierce has been doing it too. He's got to have a kink for it. Yeah. Cause he's Pierce been, uncensored. he's been letting these people hop on and dick him down mm-hmm. for an hour straight, like every day for the past week and a half. <laughs> it's crazy. On camera. But does he condemn Hamas? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, one of the main contentions of this conflict that's been going on is hostages that were taken by Hamas. And while a lot of the hostages are still being held in Gaza, of course, nobody knows where. uh, Some of them were released. I think just two of them actually. Some American hostages, right? American hostages were released. But I also think um, the two that were recently released, uh, as covered by an article in CNN, were actually Israelis. But they're just old women. Uh, I don't know that Hamas is Hamas is probably like they're going to die and we're going to be blamed for it (laughs) because they're so old. Yeah. So Hamas um, let them go. And there was an article in CNN with some 80 year old woman uh, or 85 year old woman somewhere in there who was taken hostage and released last week. She recalled the kidnapping itself was violent, 
of course, it's a violent act, of course. Mm -hmm. But in her own words, she said, quote, they took care of the sanitary side of things so that we didn't get sick. And she also said, quote, they were very generous to us, very kind. They kept us clean. They took care of every detail. There were a lot of women uh, and they know about feminine hygiene and they took care of everything there. She also expressed frustration in the article with the IDF generally for not protecting citizens and basically allowing this conflict to escalate as it has. So I don't know. I, I don't really know what to make of this. Uh, some people on the left have ran with it to say like Hamas good. A lot of people on the right have just said like uh, Stockholm syndrome, which yeah. might be a valid argument there. But it seems, you know, someone's released and they're saying it wasn't like we were being tortured all the time, mm -hmm. which is like I, I didn't think that they were no. because when you take hostages especially like a group like Hamas living in Gaza I would expect that you would want to treat them well so you can use them as a bargaining chip to get prisoners back or to get some kind of I don't know to do some kind of political appeal because torturing torturing hostages or, or killing them would just generate more animosity towards oh, yeah. you. especially so. killing hostages because then they can't get the prisoners they want back right exactly she could also have been exaggerating the good treatment and just saying what she said because she knows people that are still being held or she's sympathetic to people that mm -hmm. are still being held and if she comes out and says like Hamas did X Y and Z then you know she's afraid that they'll get killed or something like yeah. that I don't really know what to make of this and I bring up the story just because it was hitting a lot of headlines a lot of people were talking about it ultimately a small story like this although it's important doesn't change the calculus for me no i'm st it's still free palestine uh even if she came out and said like hamas is torturing people it's still free palestine because hamas does not represent all palestinians no. simple as that no um one other thing that i want to um bring up uh, actually two other things that I want to bring All up. Right. This one I just thought was very funny. Nice. So in some funny culture war news, the Starbucks Union, the Starbucks Workers United Union tweeted out a couple of weeks ago, a few days after the attack, just solidarity with Palestine. Word. That's okay. all they did. Good shit. Yeah, this was just a couple of weeks ago. And this apparently made a an organization called the Orthodox Jewish Chamber of Commerce very angry. No, that's crazy. And made <laughs> them think that the uh, that Starbucks as a whole was, quote, in support of Hamas in their own words. They recently released a statement and they had an absolute banger of a line where they all said, right. quote, drinking a cup of Starbucks is drinking a cup of Jewish blood. Dude, that's so I sick. didn't make that up. That's so they sick. said that. I, I don't know. Zionists and their shit posting have been going crazy recently. That shit, that's a bar. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you see the um the unrecognized Star the Starbucks Workers Union tweet out solidarity with Palestine. Again, unrecognized the Starbucks CEO, whoever the fuck that guy Howard is. Howard Schultz. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't recognize them, does not like them, does not want to treat them with mm -hmm. respect. And then this organization comes out and says, if you're drinking Starbucks, you're drinking Jewish blood. <laughs> what the? Like, you are so dramatic. And it's like, that's also crazy. Because, yeah, like you said, the Starbucks Workers United, it's not really recognized by Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz himself, I think, Starbucks has donated to Israel. Mm -hmm. People are calling for boycotts of Starbucks because they've given so much money to Israel. Mm -hmm. And they're just straight up, a cup of Starbucks, that's a cup of Jewish blood. You have beheaded babies yeah. in your cup, right? In your fucking dragon fruit refresher right now. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that shit was sick. Apparently, Howard Schultz met with them and they like smoothed over some of the issues. But to come out with that dramatic ass statement. Oh, nice. Weeks later is like, what are you doing, man? See, that's crazy. I'm just waiting for the day that I can drop a bar like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for the day that I, I get mine. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's um, what an, just another example of a chamber of commerce to not be taken seriously. Yeah, they, they're, they're not doing well by the name. Yeah, that's also what I was thinking is like, 
Orthodox Jewish Chamber of Commerce. What the fuck do you guys do? <laughs> I've never heard of you guys. Before. The regular Chamber of Commerce is bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need ones based on different religions. You don't. You don't need to split <laughs> off now. Like yeah. the regular Chamber of Commerce is is quite. Punchy, it's just like do your own thing. Yeah, do your own thing. You don't need the baggage that comes with them. Uh, the final thing I want to bring up is a take that we we posted on TikTok, and I know we rant about like the responses we get to TikToks a lot, and I do want to preface this it's valid though. this take in a lot of our takes that that pop off and get you know hundreds of thousands of views that uh, most of the comments are in support yeah or saying like i totally agree or just adding to what we said giving more context so that's the case here probably about 70 percent uh-huh. of all comments are in support of what we said there are some vocal minorities that like to rear their yes. little heads and come out of the woodwork to say the the craziest shit that i never would have even considered mm-hmm. when thinking of counter arguments so you may recall last episode i came out with a bold stance that ethno states are always bad yes actually the way i phrased it was no one gets to have an ethno state but for those of you that are being charitable you'll know that what i mean by that it's shorthand for ethno states are never morally permissible because they always require genocidal violence to attain them and that was explained yeah that we (laughs) fully explained and then we we had a different a couple different responses the first response that we got that was probably the most plentiful is but there are ethno states elsewhere in the world first point i want to make is that okay homogeneity and having an ethno state is not the same thing. Uh-huh. Some countries, say like Poland, for example, is like 95% white merely as a result of a lack of immigration or external factors that maybe push people of color out of the country. Yeah. It could be the result of, say, genocidal apartheid, even ethno state violence. But for a place like Poland or a lot of the Swedish uh, or like um, a lot of the um, Scandinavian countries, they're just white because they don't have immigration coming into them. Yeah. Uh, or countries that have been deprived of wealth, say, in the Middle East, probably don't have a whole lot of white people because we deprive the wealth from them, and immigrants tend to come towards the wealth seeking a better life. And it's also Just like, having a homogenous country isn't the same thing as having an ethno state. An ethno state is clearly something specific and different. Yeah, and it's very important to note that those countries, like the Scandinavian countries, are not doing genocidal acts yes. to keep minorities yes. out. Scandinavian countries are not telling minorities that they can't drive on certain road. Officials in Scandinavian governments aren't coming out and saying things on on their national television, like um, the right of a Nord to travel is greater <laughs> than the right of life to uh, i don't know an american who comes here <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know none of that is happening and that brings me to my second point where a lot of people were saying if they weren't talking about homogeneity they were just saying like other ethno states exist that surround israel or that exist in asia and they su- they support their ethno state or attempted ethno state with state violence i said nobody gets to have one yeah i i even brought up uh, the idea of a white ethno state is bad i didn't just say <laughs> israel is doing an ethno state i brought up other examples as well and for you to come in and instead of accepting the premise that all ethno states are bad you bring up other examples to me what you're saying is if they get to do it why don't we get to do it mm-hmm. no ethno state is ever morally justifiable to the extent yeah. that other ethno states do exist in asia or africa or wherever else i'm not gonna like that either but I'm simply not but we are focusing on israel here just because that's what's popping off mm-hmm. the, it started no one gets an ethno that means no one <laughs> yes. not just jewish people it wasn't jewish people don't get an ethno state it is no one gets mm-hmm. an ethno state no one should have it no one should be able to support that with genocidal violence yeah however the topic of conversation just so happened to be israel this time and it low-key does feel racist when people say like um there are countries in africa that are ethno states i don't know mm-hmm. everything 
about like the history of all African countries. I do know that a lot of them didn't get to establish their own borders because yep. the British Empire, the American Empire decided what the borders were going to be. Got so it's not up. like those it's not like people in Africa got to just decide mm-hmm. what where their country borders were going to be drawn. But at the same time, Africa as a continent as a whole is an incredibly diverse place. Thousands of different languages spoken. There's more than a thousand different ethnicities, tons of different traditions and values. For someone to say like, oh, well, but there's a ton of ethnostates in Africa makes me think that all you see is that like they're black. And that's the only characteristic you care about. (laughs) It's clearly not what I'm talking about. The black people countries. Yes. That's what's going on over there. Same thing with Asian countries too. Not like Kenyans, not people from Kenya or Ethiopia or anyone surrounding. It's just, oh, that's where the black people are from. And some people brought up China and it's like, we've talked about how Uyghur Muslims are treated in China. I know Han Chinese people are prioritized above other people, but to say that China is an ethnostate just because you think they all look the same is stupid. (laughs) China is incredibly diverse. They do prioritize Han Chinese people over others, and that's bad. Yeah. And I'm saying that's bad. (laughs) But for you to bring that up as a counterexample to say Israel gets to exist is for you to say that you just support ethnostates. And that's quite silly. It's a crazy notion. Now, the other take that a lot of people had was um, taking contention with the idea that Israel is trying to do an ethnostate. I don't think Israel is an ethnostate at the moment, Mm -hmm. but they want to do one. And that's evidenced by the apartheid conditions that exist. Of course, Gaza, largest open air prison in the world. Palestinians drive on different roads. They have different licenses. They have to go through different military checkpoints just to get to work. Tons of examples you could list of how Palestinians are second class citizens. But then they also had a point that it was like oh but there's like you know 20 percent of the people in the country are arab and there's arabs in their parliament it's like okay so they have an, a modicum of political power and suddenly yeah. that means they're not doing genocidal violence <laughs> clearly netanyahu doesn't want it to be that way clearly <laughs> you know what i'm saying clearly i don't know how you can look at apartheid conditions and netanyahu dehumanizing palestinians comparing them to animals other far-right politicians in israel saying we need to put gazans on a diet and you think that like oh uh yeah this isn't genocidal violence of course it is right? i don't know how you can look at what's happening in the west bank and how yeah. I, again motherfuckers from long island can come in and kick a palestinian family out of their home and just take it and the idea mm-hmm fully supports them and say, well, that's not, that's not earing towards genocidal violence. That's not enforcing an ethno state. That's just kicking out ethnic minorities. Yeah. And there is a distinction to be made. Like apartheid doesn't always mean that an ethno state is attempting to be established. Of course, both are bad, but like, I would argue that, um, pre the civil rights act, uh, America was probably like a sort of apartheid state. Mm -hmm. Right. But we weren't really trying to establish an ethno state. We were just trying to benefit off of the labor of black Americans and you know, their oppression of course, and other um, marginalized groups. But there was never a point where, at least to my knowledge, where the American government itself was trying to establish a white ethnostate. You can make an argument that just merely by there being tiers of citizenship that it was an attempted ethnostate, but that's besides the point. The point I'm trying to make is that clearly the direction of the IDF and what Israel wants to do is get all Palestinians out, if only by expelling them from their homes or if through mass killing, right? Like clearly they're trying to establish an ethnostate that prioritizes a certain ethnicity above all above all others, and that is um that's what an ethnostate is. And if you don't yeah. see that, if you don't see at least that it's an apartheid state, I don't know what to tell you. 
It's kind of as simple as that. And it's like, it, it doesn't even go for just the Palestinians. There were things that happened years ago where Israel was forcibly sterilizing Ethiopian Jews. Yes, yeah. They, forcibly sterilizing Ethiopian Jewish women. It's not just what's happening to the Palestinians. Israel in of itself is trying to just further, like, mm-hmm. Jewish white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And it's important to note as well when we're talking about ethnostates and state discrimination, it's not always that discriminatory laws are in place. Yeah. Sometimes the discrimination happens with who you give citizenship to. Too, mm-hmm. Right. It could be the case that all citizens in a country are treated the exact same under the law, but the distinction and discrimination comes in with who you give citizenship to. As I said earlier, a lot of Palestinians, especially those in Gaza, are completely stateless people. They don't have access to the things that regular Israeli citizens have access to. And that's where the second class citizenship or lack thereof comes from. They're treated as uh, less than Israelis are. They're treated as less than the dominant ethnicity is treated. And uh, of course, we can surmise from the narratives that the IDF pushes that what from what Netanyahu says that he wants to they want to he wants to get rid of Palestinians. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what their actions tell us. Right. Yeah. And I've seen uh, the last thing I'll say here is I've seen some people argue that like, oh, well, mostly anybody, (laughs) important qualifier, can go and become an Israeli citizen. That's true. But let's take you back to, say, 1939 Germany, right? Hitler liked the United Kingdom in America. He liked Americans and he liked Britons. He Mm -hmm. liked the British people. That was because he, those people in Hitler's mind reflected what the world should look like, right? White people. Yeah. Uh, He took ideas from how America treated black Americans and Asian Americans uh, and other immigrants for what he would eventually do to Jewish people, right? If you want to build an ethno state, you have to appeal to people outside of where your country currently is. Mm -hmm. And you usually do that by saying like, oh, yeah, you could come along and join in our ethno state project as well. If if Israel or conversely or or similarly, if Germany came out and said, like, we're going to have an ethno state and kill literally everybody else. It's kind of hard to get people to buy into your project. But if you extend what you're trying to do to others, you can get some uh, some buy in from from countries that are more powerful than your own. And it's like there were more intellectually diverse ideas in Germany at the time. Mm-hmm. In the German parliament, there was more intellectual diversity until there wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, until a specific night where there wasn't anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it was a, it was like a, a prog- progression over time, right? But yeah. Like, yeah, um, if, if you make any of those kinds of arguments as a means to like debunk the fact that we say there should be no ethnostates, it just makes me think you want an ethnostate. Yeah. Or you see other countries doing it, say say there are like there is an ethnostate somewhere in the Middle East. I don't fucking know. It's a complicated <laughs> place on the planet. Say that there are a couple ethnostates. If you see that and you think like, oh well, Israel should be able to do it too, I'm saying nobody should be able to do it. I don't think they should. And I, I don't think they should. It's not a hot take. Sub zero evergreen take. The only difference here is they're not doing anything that's catapulting them into international spotlight. Mm -hmm. If they were, I'd talk about it and I'd say it's bad. Exactly. Moving on to our next news story here. Very exciting. Very exciting. Congress is back in operation. Finally got resolved. Our bicameral legislature, both houses, Uh they're operating finally because we finally got a speaker of the house conservatives finally uh-huh. came together and stopped infighting for like what the last three weeks mm-hmm. yeah they, it's been uh i want to say by the time they got a speaker probably like more than 20 days yep um that's 20 days of the 45 days yes. <laughs> that they had to make a new budget so Very we are important. running out of road to, to come <laughs> out with a budget here but um if your first response was like 
when you saw the news, I'm going to assume a lot of people saw the news. If your first response was like, who the fuck is this guy? So, huh? Don't worry. That was my response too. And yeah. we'll get into it that's, right here, right that's now. That's exactly what I thought. I didn't even know the vote was happening. I yeah. didn't even know they brought forth a new candidate. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing on Twitter, congratulations, Mike, nobody Johnson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. We all knew you had it in who you're going to lead so well. Huh? Yeah, what are you talking about? What state are you from? Where did he even come from? So last week, the House elected its 56th speaker in history. That man was one representative, Mike Johnson from Louisiana. Again, if you don't know who Mike Johnson is, I think that might have been the point. Nobody I, knows who one, he is. 100%, yeah. He's a very basic-looking white dude. Um, pretty young guy, too. Not an old geezer by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. Mike Johnson, though, managed to unite the entire party and earned every single House of Representative vote, uh, or House Republican vote to win the speakership, meaning the United States House of Representatives is now in order as we head towards a government shutdown in like two and a half weeks. Oh, that's so cool that they're in order before they're about to not be. And Mike Johnson is uh, the second in line to the presidency, God right behind damn. Vice President Kamala Harris. So uh, we have a new Speaker of the House, and it's some dude that I've never fucking heard of before. The, the only thing I know about this guy is that he's some like Christo-fascist uh, election denier. Yeah, you're on the right track. Nice. And, um <laughs> I I could go into a long list and just recite all these things, but I think we can make it a little bit more fun. (laughs) So now with the House of Representatives having a speaker again, I could again recite a long list of uh, of things Mike Johnson has done. Offensive, uh, moral quandaries. (laughs) Yeah, I I could do that to give you an idea of his credentials, but I think it would be more fun if we play a game of was this Mike Johnson or did I just make it up? Okay. We haven't done one of these in quite a while. The last time I think we did ah. one was for George Santos. I'm ready for but it. But we're going to see if, if Gage has been training. I'm ready he's for prepared it. to detect um, things that I make up or things that Mike Johnson actually said. <sighs> so, number one. You ready? Yep. Did Mike Johnson sign on to a letter supporting the overturning of the 2020 election results in Texas, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin? Yes. Yes, yes, you're he right. Did he do did. That. According to the Hill in 2020, quote, <laughs> Johnson signed an amicus brief along with more than 100 House Republicans supporting a Texas lawsuit that aimed to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Not only that, okay. he was also one of the main leaders behind it, and so he good. voted to overturn election results as well in the House. So it's um, like one. How sick. many was it? Like 20 something people that voted to overturn the results? Um, maybe I don't remember at this. No, point. I think it was more than that. It was a long time. A hundred people signed on to the letter to overturn the results in those states, and okay. Mike Johnson was uh, the leader of that. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of where he stands on elections. Nice. Number two. Okay. Did Mike Johnson describe same-sex relationships as, quote, inherently unnatural, selfish, and, quote, harmful and costly for everyone? He 100% did. (laughs) He definitely did. That's good. Mike Johnson did (laughs) describe same-sex relationships in that way in an op-ed he wrote himself in a Louisiana newspaper (laughs) in 2004. I have a bonus fact, though. Okay. I won't even ask you. I won't even challenge you for this one. It's just for free. In 2003, he also wrote an op-ed that said Lawrence v. Texas, the SCOTUS ruling outlawing the sodomy sodomy laws, quote, dealt a devastating blow to fundamental American values. Oh, my. He just wrote that himself? (laughs) Yeah. He didn't even get hot mics? Not Mm -hmm. even in an interview. He put that. He got there. He put pen to paper. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is me. This is (laughs) what I believe in. I'm stamping my name, my reputation on this. He published it. He published it. And published it himself. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. God, man. You know, they love the game. He said, if I can't make gay sex illegal, democracy's done. What is this all for? (laughs) American values. Number three. You ready? Yep. Did Mike Johnson say, quote, 
There are homosexuals who take the view, what I do is my business, a purely private matter. However, all things which take place in the sexual sphere are not the private affair of the individual, but signify the life and death of the nation. <laughs> I mean, I got to say he said that. Okay, you're saying he said that? I got to say he said that. He actually didn't say that. Uh, that's a quote I pulled from Heinrich Himmler in 1937, member of the Nazi party. See, that's Kind of similar, though. That's crazy because it's almost beat for beat the essence of what he said <laughs> in, the, in his op-ed. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I literally looked up Nazi views on gay people, oh, God and that's damn. Uh, moving on to number four. You're uh, two for three right now. Oh, moving on to man. number four. Did Mike Johnson say, "quote Today, nearly one in four high school students identifies as LGBTQ, whether it's by scalpel or by social coercion from teachers, professors, administrators, and the left wing media? It's an attempt to transition the young people of our country. Something has gone terribly wrong." I. I feel like that's something he could have said, mm. but I feel like that's something Matt Walsh said. That was Mike Johnson. That actually. was Mike Johnson. He said this uh, July of this year in a congressional oh, hearing. Damn. Yeah. What a guy. What yeah. was the congressional hearing for? Which uh, one's like hit national? Probably like education or something. Huh. I don't know. Okay. But that's definitely something. It's a direct quote from Mike Johnson himself. But I oh think my. we could um we can move on from LGBTQ way, stuff. But so much worse than Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah no. I don't know that Kevin said any of this. Hot Mike, yeah. not even Hot Mike, just proclaimed it. He definitely didn't publish an op-ed about this. <laughs> he said, "Hey, put this in the meeting minutes." <laughs> But we can move on from the um, the anti-LGBTQ stuff, although that's like his main shtick. Oh, I bet. Kinda, that's all these guys, they ride the same wave. Uh, but did Mike Johnson say, quote, their political success does not depend on good policies, but on demographic replacement. They'll do anything to make sure it happens. That's a Tucker quote. That's a Tucker it? quote. Yeah, yeah. That, see, I, I know my mans. <laughs> that's a Tucker quote from 2017. But, okay. bonus fact, Mike Johnson did say in a May 2022 congressional hearing, quote, this is the plan of our friends on this side to turn all illegals into voters. That's why the border's open. Oh, yeah. So kind of the can, same. They can vote for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Immigrants have the right to vote. Yep. Yep. Uh, did Mike Johnson say, quote, the prevailing judicial philosophy is no different than Hitler's because the life of an unborn child may be difficult or inconvenient or even costly to society. It now means it can be terminated. It is a Holocaust that has been repeated every day for 32 years since 1973's Roe versus Wade. He said it's no different than Hitler. And I like it that way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like it that way. Uh, yeah. He did say that this is another op-ed in response to some controversy. Uh, this dude can't take the pen off the paper. Uh -huh. he, oh my God. God. I have one more. Okay. I have one more. Number seven. In relation to no-fault divorce, did Mike Johnson- Oh, he's 100% against no-fault <laughs> divorce. <laughs> did Mike Johnson, the current U.S. Speaker of the House, second in line to the presidency, say, quote, in my generation, all we've ever known is this no-fault divorce scheme, and any deviation from that seems like a radical move. And, quote, in the, 19, or in the 60s, we invented no-fault divorce laws, the sexual revolution, radical feminism, legalized abortion in 1973. And people say, how can a young person go into their schoolhouse and open fire on their classmates? Because we've taught a whole generation that there's no right and wrong. Do you think Mike Johnson said that? I was going to say Steven Crowder said that, but... <laughs> but... But after the school shooting remark, I think it's really up in the air. <laughs> 
You think it was Mike Johnson? I think it was Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson. Oh, Mike my Johnson. God. I don't understand where the court... This ties into what we talked about last week and how they always make it about themselves. Yes. Yeah. They, 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 they can't not just throw out strays for whatever they're thinking about. Holy yeah. shit. So the current, that could have been Mike Pence, though. Current Speaker of the House compared uh, abortion to Holocaust. He said that uh, no-fault divorce is causing school shootings. <laughs> And he uh, he hasn't liked gay people for a very long time, and he wants <laughs> you to know that. Yeah, he wants you to know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, and and he's an election denier, of course, which is important. But compared to all like, the other stuff, it's kind of it's not even a case of like it was two thousand four. There were liberals that were against gay marriage. No, he still thinks that shit. Uh-huh. Now he's still on that same riding that same train. Yeah, because he he had that quote about uh, children being corrupted right now. Exactly, <laughs> like, right now, like three months ago, four yeah. months ago. Yeah, so as you can tell, Mike Johnson, a little bit of a nut job. Um, he's pretty insane. Also, I didn't have this in there, but he's like a cre- – what, what do they call him? The people that believe that, like, the earth started existing, like, a couple thousand years ago. Oh, oh my God. Why am I blanking Something on creationist? It? I don't know. I think it, a young earth creationist? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. He's one of those. <laughs> so he literally believes the earth started, like, 6,000 years ago or something like that. He said, no, this is the year 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no other way of looking at it. If you're worried that Mike Johnson has only bad takes, there was some video that surfaced of him saying, like, systemic discrimination against black Americans exists. But this was, like, height of George Floyd 2020 protests, so he could have just gotten affected by the woke mind virus for oh, a little bit. Yeah, BLM, the BLM mob got to him. Really, <laughs> he, he had a bad case of woke mind virus. So I think he's probably gotten over Did that you say by he's now. From Louisiana, yes, that's that's you know Louisiana would produce a state like this. Louisiana, what is it, highest maternal mortality rate for black women? Yes, would produce a man like. Well, this. if you didn't count black women, it wouldn't be that bad. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the guy that said that. If you that was th- the senator from Louisiana, <laughs> if you'd have thrown that quote on there, I'd have said it was him. <laughs> I'd have said it was him. You know. Oh my God! What a wacky guy. And the the thing I read off at the end there about um, no fault divorce and the sexual revolution and stuff like that that was all just like in a sermon that he gave. And it's, oh, yeah. he's a preacher. Uh, he either was or like a guest speaker of some kind. Yo, you he, can guest speak at a church. I don't know, man, but like he put all of that just into the public. He was recorded saying that. Damn, just, uh, admitting it. Who's so, gonna let me come guest speak at their church? He uh, he's the second in line of the presidency, the speaker of the house. That guy who did all that stuff. And that's, sounds like Heinrich Himmler. That's <laughs> beat for beat, frankly. Uh, man. Oh my goodness! Speaking of a uh, uh, wacky, crazy, zany dudes okay. and other big events that kind of happened Huge this events. week, we have a uh, after a short hiatus. Big labor has finally come back in the news, and this time they did it just to kneecap American auto companies. The poor, poor auto companies. Mm-hmm. The hardworking auto company execs. That's right. To quali- qualitatively look at the damage that the UAW and their big labor cronies are <laughs> doing to the mom-and-pop automakers Ford, Stellantis, and GM, let's look at what uh, Bob Lutz, a man who has been in top positions mm. at all of the big three, had to say about the historic deal that the UAW made with Ford and later Stellantis earlier last week in Lutz's words this deal quote quote (laughs) was a gun to the head from a government sanctioned monopoly called the labor union so dramatic hey man all I gotta say if this deal was a gun they aired that bitch out Uh they they aired that shit out it was ridiculous but he didn't stop himself after that banger of a bar he continued to say quote 
In the past, the UAW always had a realistic respect for the needs of an automobile company to stay competitive. This time, they did not. And I think a lot of what had to be given back was exactly the same things that caused the American automobile industry to be in trouble in 08. What? That's a crazy thing to say because I don't know if you may recall, something else happened in 08 that I think <laughs> led to more trouble for the auto industry than individual workers giving up their pension. Yeah, I, don't I know, think something. it could be akin to a financial crisis that was so big it was dubbed the Great Recession. I'd say it was a Great Recession. Yeah, it's a pretty great recession. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let, let me tell you, I'd say it was maybe that that caused I don't know people's credit to dry up so Dog. they couldn't get auto loans and auto sales to plummet forty percent. Not UAW workers giving up their pensions and giving up pay, but I was just about to say like yeah, UAW workers having pensions is what caused the crash yeah, in two thousand eight. Okay, that, that's definitely what it, you know. I mean, it's just the lit pay. It's the biggest expense of a company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, you know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because like UAW is just asking for what they had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they just want to get what they had back and have some protections for the future with EVs and stuff like that. And for him to say like, that's a gun to my head, a gun yeah. to the head of the, the auto companies. You are, you're not only dramatic, but you are just like, you're outside of reality. Uh, out of this world. It's mm-hmm. nuts. But I think now it's time to talk about what they loaded this gun with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what they loaded this gun with. And so, like I said, it is a historic deal. The UAW described the value of gains in this contract to be worth four times the value of the 2019 contract. Mm. And that the raises they won here in this one round of negotiate, well, in this one new contract, yeah. are greater than the last 22 years of raises combined. That's that's good. I haven't even been alive that long. Uh-uh. It's, that's nuts to me. That's really all I can comprehend. Best contract in our lifetime. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> Out of all the other contracts that have ever been put forth while I've been alive, this is the best one. When you combine all those, that's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. So specifically, they want a 25% wage increase with cost of living adjustments, which are estimated to bring the total wage increase up to 33%, Mm -hmm. which is only 7% shy of the initial 40 they asked for that people were bitching out, oh, it's too high, oh, it's too high. Look what we got. What now. if everyone got a forty percent raise? They should. Huh? <laughs> they should. I love a forty percent raise over the next four years, mind yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. That's a, it's even just a side note. I heard a lot of people talking about the forty percent raise as if they just got forty percent like mm-hmm. on Monday when they returned to work. It's over the next four years. Yeah. Please, please just understand that. That makes it a lot more palatable. Although it shouldn't have to be palatable to see other workers yeah. winning, but whatever. They also won the elimination of the two-tiered wage system at two affords plants. Mm. They couldn't get it company-wide, but that's still pretty big because the two-tier wage system was very bad. They quickened the amount of time it's going to take new hires to earn top pay, and they won the right to strike against plant closures. That's something that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And they also agreed to expand some plants, bringing in new UAW jobs. I'm not sure if this is for both Ford and Stellantis. It could be for one or the other. Mm -hmm. A lot of the deals are kind of muddy right now because it's only a tentative agreement. This still needs to be voted on, I think, this week. Okay. And everything needs to be ratified. So there should be more details next week, if not then, then the week later Mm -hmm. to figure out what's going on. GM is still holding out. 
Yeah. GM is still holding out. But I think it's funny that one of the things that got Ford in is because of the strategy of the rolling strikes that we're seeing. So if you don't recall, UAW has uh, had stand-up strikes at very specific plants around the country mm-hmm. to in order to shut down like wider production without having to strike wider things. It's a strategy that helps them conserve strike funds. And honestly, the fact that they've won these deals with Ford and Stellantis is kind of a testament to how well that strategy worked. Yeah. Because they got to save a lot of money, not just saying, oh, all 140,000 people are on strike. I think only 40,000 are on strike. There's some different figures like that. But before Ford caved, Sean Fain came out and said, we're going to take out the Dearborn truck plant. What do you think is made at the Dearborn truck plant? Uh, probably like their most popular car, I would guess. The Ford F-150, baby. And as soon as Ford heard that their most popular bestseller Mm -hmm. was about to get, production was about to get cut off, they said... No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. We have to get this oversized truck into the hands of Americans who want to take up too much space <laughs> in parking lots this and parking garages. Oversized, basically luxury vehicle exactly. that is not used for hauling things or work. Th- this truck that is absolutely huge, but the truck bed size isn't really that much bigger than what we had in the 60s, mm-hmm. needs to get in the hands of the most annoying Americans. This truck <laughs> that is horrible on gas and people only want it because we've marketed it as if they want it. They need exactly. it to be manly. Th- this truck yeah. that is positioned as the pinnacle of masculinity, we got to get that to people. Yeah. We got to get this to people who were mad when drunk driving got outlawed in like the 80s. <laughs> or seatbelt laws were made. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what did it. And that's what yeah. we have about the UAW. And that's pretty good. You know, it's really funny to me. We've seen the UAW be on strike for some time. Bob Lutz came out and said, they literally have a gun to my head right now. <laughs> and the gun was loaded with like a fair comp- a fair distribution of compensation, yeah. better workplace practices, some protections for plant closures in the future. Like that's not a very, that's not a gun to your head. That's just people wanting to be treated better. Exactly. I don't even think they got pensions back. I couldn't find all of the details for it because I swear to God, every article that put it in plain English was, you got to pay. Yeah. Pay, pay the piper, baby. Come on. Uh, so that was annoying, but more stuff, like I said, will come out. I don't think pensions are back, though. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. And that was like one of the biggest things that they gave up in 08. So it's, what is he talking about? It's just so crazy to for for the CEO or whatever he does, for him to come out and say, like, they've got a gun to my head. They have no respect for how things have gone in the past. They don't know what it takes for this company to run effectively. And then what they got is just like, you know, a 33% raise over four years mm-hmm. and some other protections that they've been wanting for a while. It's so nuts. A this. good contract is a gun to your head. Yeah. yeah. It is so nuts that CEOs can get out and say that kind of shit. But when I get out on here and say that kind of shit and we post it on TikTok, I say, oh, uh, CEOs have a gun to the heads of the collective workforce. Mm-hmm. You either work or starve and die. People who are in my same position or worse off than me say, I just need to work harder. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't understand. They say you need to work harder. And then if, if we say like, oh, well, maybe he should get a smaller bonus. It's I'm doing violence to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the total asymmetry in how we comprehend this stuff. Maybe the, the boss should stop being so whiny and fucking dramatic. Exactly. That's what I would be called. That's uh-huh. what I am called when I say this shit like this. But some dude who's sitting in, I don't know, his luxury high rise can just say the most vile, wicked <laughs> shit and get away with it. I'm like morning news. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, just the most insane bar that the his fucking interns were cooking up. And it's probably. like, dog, you don't work there anymore. Mm-mm. What are you doing? <laughs> you doing it for the love of the game yet again? Yeah, um, you should uh, become class conscious. This guy certainly is. That's what he I'm saying. He knows what he's talking billionaires, about. Billionaires, these CEOs are the only people in the country who are truly class conscious. Yeah. And they get away with it. And it's despicable. And I want to change that. Exactly. And I wanna, I wanna I'm in favor of changing that. that. You should be in favor of changing that. That's right. Uh, switching gears over mm-hmm. to a little bit more Trump news. So last week after we had the return of the Kraken, I think it was on Wednesday when the last episode came out. Some, even more uh, news. Yeah. Even more news. Some would say maybe possibly bigger news, more damning news for the former president himself. Yep. His former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, mm-hmm. came out and, uh, well, let me just get into it. ABC News reports that Marky has been colluding with Jack Smith and his federal <laughs> investigators meeting with uh, meeting with that quote at least three times in the last year with one of those being in front of a grand oh, jury it's not looking good for Trump and if you think that sounds bad for Markey it's not That's it's actually worse great. for Trump because he did this in exchange for full immunity from federal prosecution mm-hmm. so yeah. broken just whistleblow almost whatever he wants he can't just get out there and say anything self-incriminating because he still has the georgia indictment to worry about a state indictment that's not covered under what jack smith does but still an immunity deal is huge Mm -hmm. especially in a case like this where they're doing everything they can to get this guy yeah and like for those that don't know mark meadows again chief of staff to uh, president trump the most recent one before trump left office um that's like your body man Mm -hmm. like that's like the guy that you go to especially if you want to commit crimes for him to take a full immunity deal where he seemingly is going to spill the beans about everything Donald Trump wanted him to do and he's going to walk back on everything he wrote in his fucking book which apparently was all a lie. Oh I got exactly what he read in his okay. fucking book. Yeah. For him to to agree to all of this is really big news uh, and I think that's evidenced Huge. by Trump on Truth Social saying something along the lines of like Mark Meadows would never turn his back on me for this mm. prosecution parentheses persecution <laughs> so i think trump's a little bit nervous about this i don't know how you can because it's not just a plea deal it's no. not just what Sidney powell did he can't incriminate himself doing mm-hmm. this he can spill the beans he can say oh i fucking stole the ballots myself <laughs> he said actually we we're doing election fraud the other way it just didn't work uh-huh. and then he's good it's, he's um, covered that's what Sidney powell said yeah she said that she hired people to come true. and take ballots from dominion voting machines or fucking whatever and she did it just to get some misdemeanors uh-huh. she's only got six years probation but whatever in a letter don't forget the apology oh letter. that's true the most damning part of her whole ordeal but anyway so while we don't know exactly what was said when he squealed abc news has sources that relayed some info Largely, nice. Meadows, as someone who was with Trump and present for his secret election meeting, something yes. that's very important, same deal with Sidney Powell, he told investigators Trump was indeed being dishonest with the public when it came to their election, election results. A source told ABC that Meadows told investigators directly, quote, honestly, we didn't win. <laughs> <laughs> How can you say that? Mark Meadows was lying his ass off then. Oh, he was a lot. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Bro's just like, he, he was lying for years and years and years about the election and then he's like yeah no we fucking lost man and it's it's this testimony is going to be used to further bolster jack Uh, smith's case that trump and his allies unlawfully tried to retain power and spread lies about the 2020 election that's what this special counsel and like probe into trump is all about that they tried to retain power and that they fucking lied which boy did they Uh uh-huh boy did they and another part like jeremy's been mentioning is about whether or not meadows believed claims he published in one of his books uh the chief Chief's chief, that's what he called it. Corny as hell. Oh man, you deserve to go to jail just for that. I thought that was, 
I had previously thought that liberals were the the corny ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? State of terror. Oh my god, it's all been everything's been flipped on his head this last year. <laughs> oh my, we have Israel Harry Potter posting yes. and Mark Meadows publishing a book called The Chief's Chief. That's a level of glazing that I don't. I, I, I and, didn't think it was possible. John Bolton's book, this came out a couple of years ago, The Room Where It Happens. Oh, my God. Not Hamilton. The, the Hamilton reference no. in the book title. <laughs> where he's talking about how he just wants to, like, glass Iran or something like that. <laughs> like, uh, the conservatives, uh, I mean, liberals are still corny. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, 100%, They are not free 100%. from being corny. But um, to name it, the, I didn't even know that was the name of the book. Yeah, that deserves jail time. That should be a, another felony charge. That's, that's what I think. He should lose Egregious. immunity for that. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say on that matter. But anyway, he testified that to this day, he hasn't seen any evidence of fraud that would have kept Biden from the White House and that he agrees with government assessments that this was the most secure election in American history. Because <laughs> that's crazy because there's there's often a claim around how Donald Trump like believes that election fraud happened and people around Trump believes that election fraud happened. So that somehow exonerates them from the action that they engaged in. Of course, that's <laughs> not how the law works. If you just don't understand the law or you don't know what's going on, it doesn't mean you get to break the law. Yeah. But here's Mr. Marky Meadows himself saying like, oh, yeah, I knew. He said, I knew, I knew. And that was in the context of him saying in his book that the election was stolen and rigged with the help from allies in the liberal media. <laughs> Another claim in the book was that the many referrals that went before the Justice Department were not seriously investigated. About that, here's an excerpt from the ABC article. I'm just going to read it. Meadows told investigators he believed the Justice Department was taking allegations of fraud seriously, (laughs) properly investigating them, and doing all they could to find legitimate cases of fraud. And he, (laughs) Meadows, told investigators he relayed all of that to Trump a few weeks after the election. Similarly, as described by sources to ABC News, despite Meadows telling investigators that Giuliani never produced evidence of significant fraud in the election, his book refers to Giuliani's effort to expose, quote, the fraud and the dirty tricks on election night. Oh my God. That's good. How can you just, well, okay, clearly Mark Meadows didn't write the book. Uh, usually they have and a ghostwriter. teams of interns. Yeah. Ghostwriters write the book for them. Uh, this is the case with a lot of politicians and like celebrities and stuff like that, but still to have it published under your name. And then once you get into the heat of battle, as soon as you're under threat of perjury, <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, I fucking lied about it. No, 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 no. How no. can you do that, man? Like just no morals, no negative feelings about just fucking lying. Yeah, and it's like, I know like lying's not illegal, nor should like lying be illegal, yeah. but like this type of lying is crazy. Well, when you're trying to steal an election, right? Yeah. <laughs> definitely crosses a line and all i'm gonna say this may i could be one hell of a conservative ghostwriter mm-hmm. if you can just get on there and say whatever and lie about whatever even though you know uh-huh. if you can go out there and knowingly lie about anything man put man, me in the ring if, if we could get ghostwriter jobs we could like create news stories for us to cover it's That'd like Nightcrawler. cycle, yeah. It's like the movie Nightcrawler. Imagine if we like uh, we, we we get hired by like a conservative politician. We yeah. write what they say, outlandish things, <laughs> and then we cover what they say on the show, make clips and stuff about them that get us paid, and it's just a cycle going around. Uh, if we become a conservative speechwriter, uh huh. That man, that's crazy. It's oh, Jeremy, it's a dry week this week. Yeah, that'd be it's uh, time to go make the news. <laughs> <laughs> 
I need to get in that position. That's what I'm saying. That's Money how maker. I'm trying to position myself in life moving forward. So watch out. It's also kind of like uh like if a if a crypto company ever came to us, you should know how we feel about crypto and mm-hmm. like crypto rug pulls and scams. Mm-hmm. And I say this to say that you should know that if we ever endorse one, I'm getting my bag. <laughs> <laughs> do not believe me. Do, do not go out and buy it. Do not invest. No matter what I say, I'm telling you right now, do not believe it. If I ever tell you to invest in a crypto rug pull, didn't a YouTuber do that? Where yes. he was like, and then afterwards he was like, "Don't do that." <laughs> he said, "I had to get my bag," <laughs> and that's that's where I'm at. When people are honest about that kind of stuff, I almost respect it. You know, so many oh, I do. So <laughs> many of like the NFT or cryptocurrency rug pulls are just fucking lies. But mm-hmm. for people that come out and they're like, "I'm getting my bag, don't buy this." I mean, come on. I'm saying I could sleep at night if I went out there and said, like, yeah, I just did it for the bag. <laughs> but if I went out there and tried to be like, oh, no, I like actually believe in shit coin. Yeah. Oh, I actually believe in piss shit and cum coin. Like, guys, please go Elon's jizz coin. Please yeah. invest. Lock them up. Lock me Law up right order, then baby. and there. Oh, my goodness. But back to back to Marky Mark, Mr. Meadows. At one point. When he was promoting the book on a conservative podcast, he was asked if he believed that the election was stolen. He said, quote, (laughs) I do believe that there are a number of fraudulent states. I've seen at least illegal activity in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Oh, my God. And that's crazy because the illegal activity was Sidney Powell (laughs) in Georgia. So that's that's just one thing to consider when we look at this. And he previously said he saw like nothing and he thought it was all being take of being yep. taken care of and investigated to yep. the highest possible degree. And then he just said like, oh, I saw illegal. It's just like Joe Biden saw the beheaded babies. Mm-hmm. You're lying. <laughs> you didn't see anything. And then under threat of perjury, he goes, yeah, no, most secure election in American history. <laughs> right there. Everyone did their job. became a fucking liberal. Balance. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even get behind the whole the most secure election in American history just because this sounds corny yeah but he's out there like oh yeah come on now like not a single fraudulent but actually only conservatives were the ones doing election fraud i can Mm -hmm. tell you that right now right here under threat of perjury oh that's so good he's good man i I can't imagine like Uh, what was said in those rooms that sources haven't leaked yeah like what what is jack smith cooking up there in his his cauldron of legal doctrine Ready to throw at Donald Trump when he comes. Oh, my God. And they just turned him into a liberal. God, they got him in the chair, injected him with the woke mind virus, and suddenly he's he's saying Trump tried to steal the election just That's like a right. lib. In, instead of truth serum, it's just 50 microliters of woke. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. They got him, man. Not Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows is the White House down. White man. House is fallen. God's strongest soldier. Rest in peace, Mark Meadows. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Trump's – the more I see it, the more I just like Trump is cooked. How does he get out of it? It's like I can't remember what I said when we first covered the four indictments i didn't think he was that cooked for most of it yeah nah bro's done for yeah especially not for like the um uh the one that has to do with like stormy daniels or whatever or the the one sexual assault case eugene carroll or whatever like he's gonna be fine those have been going on for so long i don't think those will be fruitful and also conservatives definitely don't care about sexual assault you know what i mean because it's like i'm pretty sure generally like when it came to like the january 6th stuff the election denial stuff i didn't think they were going to get him on it I eat my fucking words happily mm-hmm. right now. Well, and it's like the, the even the documents one to me was like the it was big news was when we crazy. covered it. I was very excited about it. Yeah. The pictures were hilarious of the documents stacked <laughs> up in his house, but it wasn't clear to me immediately that they were going to be able to stick him with charges to put him in prison. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to this one and it comes to the Georgia one, 
neither of those look good because it looks like they got him on breaking laws and they're getting his own folks to testify against him. There's people that also broke the law alongside him. All rats, yeah. brass. Oh my god, it's not, can oh, colluding with federal investigators is crazy. There is there is the one attorney. I don't know if we talked about her last week. I can't remember her name, but she raised something like two hundred thousand dollars to help uh, fund her legal battle in the Georgia indictment. Yeah, and then flipped. Yeah, and was, then that, just was that Jenna Ellis? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Plead she deal. also flipped. She was she was one of the ones that got a mugshot taken of her, and she was like smiling all crazy. Yeah, because she knew she uh, knew she just got the bag. Well, I thought she was smiling because she's like, they're never gonna get me. Like I'm I'm innocent. But um, a few <laughs> months later, fucking broke. She's crying in testimony. <laughs> no, but she was smiling because she got all that money. Yeah, she knew she was gonna be able to fundraise all this. She knew she was taking the plea deal. Oh my god. And you know what? Good for her getting the bag. <laughs> you know That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying. And she, you know what? Maybe. Like I like I say so many times, not everyone is wholly bad. You're, <laughs> if you're squealing on Trump, if you're stealing money from conservative donors, I'll look the other way. Yeah, I mean, I stand by what I said last episode when I said that uh, I I don't want to just see Trump be the only one that gets in trouble. Yeah, but if that if the option is you know uh, a bunch of people get immunity deals and we get Trump or we don't get anybody, like then I guess mm-hmm. you know I don't know the complex politics and stra- strategizing that goes into like how you're going to manage federal cases and state cases at the same time and and all that kind of stuff. So if they think they can only get him and they have to do that by giving others immunity deal, it's fine, whatever. But, and it's like, I don't, I don't know. I hope they at least get Trump and Rudy. Mm -hmm. I hope if any two people, if anyone has to go down, I hope it's at least those two. Yeah. Rudy Giuliani in prison would be nice. Um, Trump in prison, like obviously, uh huh. Because it's just the the irony of hitting Mr. Rico with the Rico. Mm, Yeah, Mr. Rico himself, palpable. Rico King, Rico God. Like, like he 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 has done exactly what is being done to him. Uh He has gone and charged like twenty people just to get them all to squeal on the big guy. Yeah, and now now he he finds it. Oh, how the turns have tabled. It does. Um, I I am slightly conflicted on that Rico charge though. Yeah, just because uh, same prosecutor, same charges being uh, that young thugs being hit with the same person and everything that's true and it's free jeffrey you know what i'm saying so it's just like <laughs> i'm screaming free, I'm screaming jeffrey. free jeffrey and it, it's like it's conflicting to see one person get hit with the rico charge and, you know gotta free him yeah and then really giuliani's getting hit with the rico charge what do i do by the same da yeah <laughs> that's true you do know i what? take a principled stance and say anyone getting hit with the rico charge should be free <laughs> no i take a principled stance and say that the criminal justice system in this country is deeply racist and that's why it's free jeffrey lock up rudy uh-huh. <laughs> you know what i'm Law saying order. one is clearly biased and the other the other is clearly yeah. he broke the law you know we do a lot of work to be consistent on this show i think i can be inconsistent just once that's right. I mean, to be fair, I've I, been consistent on this. As soon as those Rico charges got announced, we got on here. That's true. And we said free Jeffrey, free yeah. wanna. Yeah, oh yeah. my goodness. Oh man, what a story. Uh, the only thing that we need to like, I guess, wait for with this kind of story is if it's actually going to happen before the election. Because if That's Trump true. wins the election, he's not getting perse- uh, prosecuted. He's getting persecuted though oh, by the liberal media. Definitely. But yeah, the, the charges aren't going to continue against him because he's going to be a sitting president. Like, that's his only way out at this point is winning the presidency. <laughs> He's going to have to put everything. Oh, my God. There was also news that dropped. Ivanka was just ordered to testify in the New York case. 
Mm, the case yeah. that he's actually worried about, his children were just ordered to testify against him. That's it was so Ivanka, sick. Eric, and uh, Don. Is that the tax evasion case or the yeah, lying it's about like assets case? like the fraud yeah. and tax evasion thing. The one where he was like, um, I actually I did lie about my assets, but I undervalued them. There actually was so much more. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly because <laughs> I'm one. so modest. That's exactly the one. And so uh, yeah, his own daughters have to testify against him and sons, but he doesn't like them. Oh, okay. So that's that's good. He's cooked in every every facet of this dude's life. He's just cooked. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even see him really winning the election. I don't want to do a 2016 thing, but I, I don't see it. At this point, no. I no. don't. I, don't I, I think it's public opinion rough. has swayed way too far away from him. Mm-hmm. I feel like the people who are going for Ron DeSantis right now, although they're not much, I feel like are people that wouldn't want to vote for Trump again. Maybe. Because why are you going for Ron DeSantis in the first place? You know what but I Ron mean? DeSantis has been falling in the polls. Like, oh, that's it's been Nikki Haley on the come up. It, Nikki Haley like passed him in a couple polls yeah 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 that debate's coming up two weeks uh november 8th or something like that i think yeah that's crazy oh my god another banger another two hours of next week uh no two weeks oh okay yes next week when this episode comes out a week from when this episode comes out yeah oh shit pretty crazy we'll have to make plans for that gotta make plans for that Uh, (laughs) uh anyway last piece of news i guess um i didn't put this in the main show notes because like America, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's America. It's unfortunately another mass shooting. And this one, although I think, what is it? Last I saw it was 19 people dead. Something like that. 20-something injured. It, horrible mass shooting in Maine. Nothing has come of it. Yes. Like, yeah. usually with the ones that are uh, huge in the news and ones that are huge in casualty counts and death tolls, you at least get a, a congressional thing talking about, like, oh, maybe we'll do gun control. Maybe it's got to stop. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we need to fix mental health issues. But instead, Congress is too worried about electing some some Christo-fascist who thinks that if you just got rid of uh, at-will divorce <laughs> or no-fault divorce that these things would have happened. stop, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like after the El Paso shooting where, like, 24 children children died i mean if discourse has gone way down if that's not the thing that really regulates guns in this country yeah. i don't know what's going to do it mm-hmm. we did get some uh, like a little bit a taste of gun control after that happened a couple months later uh encouraged by that event of yeah. course but i don't know that like anything else is going to happen to substantially affect school or uh, mass shootings in this country mm-hmm. not even just school shootings but mass shootings generally this one wasn't a school shooting but the reason it was notable was because he did one shooting then he took off and did another shooting and then he was at large for a while oh. um and the cops just had no leads and they didn't find him of course he killed himself as a lot uh, of shooters do yeah but um yeah i mean he he got away with it basically you know what I mean? That's so. fucking insane that he could have just got away with it. Yeah, they just couldn't find it. I remember reading an article on it when he was still at large, and they were just like, yeah, the cops have no leads. Uh, it's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Not a single one? None. Not a single security camera footage? God I mean, damn, I know man. Maine's got like 45 people. It's basically not a state, but still. Yeah. Fuck, <laughs> like, dude. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's why I didn't include it in the main show, because there's lots of other big things going on, and it's just a, another America moment that like, I, I don't think is going to change anything. Unfortunately... It's one of those issues now where it's like, I, I feel like we kind of covered the end of it. Like the end of just talking about gun control. Oh, There's with been the bill? so many mass shootings since then and nothing's really happened. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, none of them have really garnered like any. We talked about MSU just because I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I think we probably would have talked about that anyway because like Michigan University. One. And Gretchen University. Whitmer did a lot of shit with that one. Yeah. But there have still been fucking a billion other shootings around the country that 
sparked nothing. Well, what in 2022 we had like a thousand, I think, yeah. <laughs> like something ridiculous. Uh, start. I I mean, I remember the stat. Like a couple months into the year, we had like 300 already. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just like an insane number of school shootings. Uh, not school shootings, mass shootings. School God shootings damn. being one type of them, of course. Uh, and and nothing ever happens again. If if nothing happened after Sandy Hook, if nothing happened after El Paso, Texas, just a year and a half ago, one year ago, yeah, something like that. I think last spring. Uh, if nothing happened with those. I don't really have much hope that like adults dying to a mass shooting is going to do Especially when Congress is too busy condemning Hamas. Oh, exactly. They have to condemn Hamas. <laughs> they have to condemn Hamas before they can worry about, I well, don't know, stopping kids from dying. If you care about mass shootings, then you should care that Hamas did a mass shooting. Oh, yeah, a really big one, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> so we should send more bombs to Israel. <laughs> That's what's going to stop shooting. We should institute gun control for Hamas. Uh-huh. Yeah, that that'll solve the issue. Anyway, so if you had your eye on that story, uh, I'm sure a lot of people saw it because it was it was notable. Uh, that's our uh, our take on it. Mm-hmm. Our take: nothing's going to change. Pretty positive. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I mean, it's the it's the onion headline, right? Like, um, country that or what is it like? There's nothing we can do. Says country that the, the only country this happens regularly yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like it's. Uh, it's America, and um, we don't really care, I it's, guess. There's nothing we can do, says the country who saw instances of this thing go up as soon as the assault weapon ban lifted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Crazy that that used to be a thing. I know. We used to just have an assault weapons I, ban. Ca- I cannot think of a world where that exists anymore. Well, because it so ended before we were alive. Exactly. In the 90s, I think, God. during Bill Clinton. Oh, and right before the crime. Oh, during Bill Clinton. Okay. I think, it, I think so, during the 90s. Or maybe it passed during the 90s and ended in the 2000s. I don't know the specifics. It's gone now. I know, what was it, Feinstein? She, like, helped get the assault weapon bans uh-huh. through? Yeah. That was, like, one good thing she did. She would have loved to condemn Hamas. She would have loved <laughs> to be in Congress right now, let me tell you. R.I.P. Uh, anyway, that brings us to the end of our episode, and we got to read off the special list of people that I wonder if they condemn Hamas. That's right. So... Do you, Caden Kraut, Lord <laughs> T the Radiant, Chris the Postman, Christy Beck, 40% Spite, Dylan B, Andrew Harris, Mike Chaplinski, Mattias T, Omar Zuno, Clayton LaFed, Mark Yeager, Kaz, Caleb Joy, Rich Toro, Tari, Gavin Mayer, Maldonado, Hunter W, Fergalaki, Max Vesquez, Jacob Rogers, Colton Mooberry, Fixer Punk, Jim Egbers, Jeff Muzzy, Bagel Burrito, Cincy Alex, Joe Stenstrom, Adrian Sandoval, Chloe Sam 601, Colleen Cuts, Gregory is in my name, Very Yuck, Jennifer DeVoe, Big Bird Titty, Crawfishing, Benny Bennington the Third, Alexia Benati, Nietzsche, Big Booty Beatdown, Moises T, Sam Maloney, Two Headed Boy, Ben Shapiro's Boyfriend, Jonathan Cassis, Luke O'Shea, Cucker Tarlson, Danielle Jackson, The Word of Microsoft, Jennifer Signs, Aaron and His Gundam Gundams, Darth Father, Aiden Taylor, Corey Chambers, Sewer Snack, L.E.N., John Glover, Devin Hatchard, Retro Mondo, Meatball Minion, Emma the Dude Slayer, Claire McMillan, Breezy B, Veronica A.K.A. V, Raxoon, Ash Smith, The Grottler, Magic Ian. 95, Flower Clown, Beetlebugs, Three Crows in a Trench Coat, Lonnie Rogers, Slavic and Sapphic, Casey Lynn Kelly, Snake Eyes, In Hope of Giants, AK Gone, Equanadon, Zach Lantian, Info Russell, Austin Greif, Marcus Corbett, Caleb Roper, Taylor Rensock, Ishi Teddy, Cami, Calliope, Reagan, Not Like the President, Pagan Jester, Tylan Freeman, Steak Daddy, Tay Tay, Isaac Hodges, Madeline C, Pab the Pab 69, Kayla Lowe, Anna Valinic, Eduardo Diaz, KCC, Say Yes to West, August, Natalie Valinsky, Particular Pikmin, Mason Crack, Jeff Signs, Howard the Duck, Brendan is Egg, JR, Drew Batchilder, Fog, oh goodness, Froggy Gumdrop, 
Evan Malika, Zen doing their best, Jackie Boy, Shameless, and Jeremy's mom condemn Hamas. <laughs> Bro did the whole list for the bit. I had to. I had to. Do you guys condemn Hamas? Do you all condemn Hamas? I mean, I'm asking. That's the important question. Um, put a poll on Patreon. Maybe Hamas or the friends we made along the way. No, wait, probably not that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe condemning Hamas is the friends we made along the way. Yes. Yes. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.